Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're in the ninth chapter of Ksuvah, Sakais of Ishtai, page 85a, the tenth line from the top. Avimi, so he owed money, a certain resident uh, to a certain uh, resident of Chizoy. Shadrinu So he sent the money to pay pay up his debt. He sent it. His messenger was Chama, the son of Rabbi Baravu. Also, so Chama went and paid. Amalahu. So they said to, he said to them, give me back the document. He gave him the money. Avimi is paying up his debt. So now return the document. Amrullah, they said to him, those funds were the payment of a different obligation. This note was not paid. <laughs> you know, the hustle of the rewards. He came before, he came before Rabavua. The rabbi Amalei, Abu said to him, "Islo sadi the Palestino. Do you have witnesses that you paid them? Did you pay them in front of witnesses? Amalei, no. I just paid them. I trusted them." Amalei, Abu said to him, "They're right. Since they have a big, they can deny. They said that we never saw you. No, you're talking about you never paid us. Because if they're lying, they can say when they never paid you." Instead, what are they saying? They're arguing that you did pay us, but this is for a different, a different law. So we, we believe them because they have a migut. Told them to his face that, 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 that it's for a different law. But if they come to the court, if they're lying, they can just tell the court, we don't know this guy. We know. If they're liars, we'll let them lie. There's no witnesses. Can't prove anything. But say, we don't know this guy. We never, he never gave us any money. We never got any money. Mm-hmm. Instead, instead they're saying yes, we did receive money, but it's for different loans. So therefore, they believe. Right? The Gemara says, What's the law regarding an agent? Whether they, they, who has to pay? The agent has to pay. In other words, was he negligent? Because he should have taken the document before he gave the money. Totally foolish, reckless, irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You're a responsible, mature adult. I made you an agent to help me, not to destroy me. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you pay them without any witnesses. You just trusted them. You no, never no, asked no. them to hand over the document. And now I have to pay again? Maybe it's your fault. You should, you should pay them. So Rabashi, Rabashi says, Chazina. Chazina. Let's look at the, at the, at the circumstances. Let's. If he said, Khalil, if... If the uh, the principal, the debtor, told the agent clearly, if Avimi told him clearly, take the document and then Mishalim, then fine. Then he has to pay because he, he didn't listen to instructions. He said, he told him clearly, clear instruction. First take the document and then pay. But if he said, have Zuzi, if he says, here, give him the money and then take the document, it means he trusted him. He's telling the agent, I trust him. These are my friends. I, you know, they would never do anything. So then, Leib Mishan, why does he have to pay? I, I mean, that's what you told me. That was clear instruction. You told me, pay, and then take your document. 
That's why I didn't even, if he trusted them that much, I didn't have any witnesses. I went them private, I gave them the money. That's what the Rabashi says. The mother says, it's not so. Either way, he has to pay. Even if he told him, pay, and then take a document, he has to pay. Why? The Amalei, the agent has to pay. The Amalei, I send you to help me and not, and, not, and not to ruin me. In other words, you should have understood yourself. You're a mature adult. By definition, a shliach is not a robot. You have a mind of your own. You can't be a minor, can't be a shliach. Mm-hmm. You need someone who's independent. Yes, you're representing me and you have to follow my instructions, but you have to have a mind of your own. So what fool doesn't understand? <laughs> you don't give sure. money to a person without, and he's holding on the document and there's no witnesses. I mean, are you, are you, would you act with your money that way? I mean, it's silly, ridiculous. So you, should have, you have to have a mind of your own. You should realize you don't do that. Even though I said that, I didn't mean specifically in that order. I meant make sure to pay him and, and make sure to get the document back, whatever it takes to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. How do you accomplish that? First you get the document and then you pay. So therefore it's his responsibility and he has to pay... He has to pay. The, the agent has to pay the loan. He's got to marry the right person also. There's a, a big responsibility. <laughs> a big responsibility. It was a woman. She had a whole pouch full of documents. People asked her to watch the documents. Then the owner of the documents died. Also, the, the depositors, the ears of the one who died, the depositor came and demanded to give us back my, our father's document, a very important document. Mm-hmm. She said to them, I already seized the documents during your father's lifetime. Because he owed me money. So I took possession of the documents, now they belong to me. Anyone who owes your father's money now owes it to me. They came before Rav Nachman. Now, what do you mean? How do you seize a document? You can't just seize a document and all of a sudden the documents become yours and, and, and the person owes you money. In other words, she can't, she can't use the document. She can't exercise. The document wasn't written to her. It was a, a document that the, 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 uh, someone owed that person money and you're watching it for him. You can seize it from today till tomorrow. You can't use it to collect money. Not written to you. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not the creditor. Why should I pay you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see that she sees the documents to force the children, right. the inheritors, to pay the loan. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you back the documents. I'm holding it as ransom. I'm not holding, giving you back the documents until you're going to pay me your father's debt. Your father didn't pay me his debt. So I'm holding it as ransom. It's the only leverage I have. So you could have, but you need a Kenyan. You need a Kenyan, okay, okay. you need a star, you need something. You can't just uh, grab it and seize it. doesn't matter. Yeah, you need a Kenyan that I'm transferring over my documents to this one. Fine. You know. They came before Rab Nachman, the judge. He said to her, Do you have any witnesses that the father demanded the pouch and you didn't give it to him? I'm a no. So he says, okay, if that's the case, have a tvisalacha misa. If that's the case, you seized it after his death. The moment the father died, the children automatically inherited. 
So it's theirs. Mm-hmm. So you have no claim on the children. The father's debt, that's between you and the father. What do you want from the children? This debt, this document, this belongs to the children. They inherited it, so you must return it. It's only applied in the time of the Talmud that uh, you, know, you can't collect from movable items from the children. The creditor doesn't rely on movable items. It's too flimsy. It relies on real estate, you know, right? Fixed, fixed properties. But today, after the after the Talmud, they made an enactment that uh, you can collect anything. Jews didn't own property, so you collect anything. Therefore, it doesn't even apply. The children are obligated to pay the debt to the father. It was a woman who was, who was uh, she became liable to an oath in Rav's court. Why either was she, she admitted, you know, a partial admission, the title says you have to swear, or there was a single witness against her. Anyway, she, was, she, had, to, she had to give a biblical oath in court. Amalebas Rabchizda's daughter, who's Rav's wife, said to him, I know this woman. She says she's suspect. She doesn't take. She, she she can swear an oath falsely without blinking an eye. She's not trust, trustworthy. No, she once heard her swearing and swearing falsely. So she, so she said she's not uh, trustworthy. She wasn't connected. So Rava reversed the oath and put it on the other person. Another one. Instead of her denying that she doesn't know, so she admits he he says you owe me a hundred. She says I owe you fifty. Biblically, she has to swear she doesn't owe the other fifty. Instead of her swearing she doesn't owe the other fifty, she had the court switch the oath that the creditor uh, swears that you do owe me fifty, and she has to pay. Usually, you need two witnesses to testify that a person's character, a person takes oaths in vain. But here, Rava trusted his wife, mm-hmm. the daughter of Rav Chizda. So it was enough for him. He didn't need anything more. You know, she's not speaking Lashon Hara. She's not trying to slander. He heard her herself. She, she, took a, she swore falsely. So he trusted him. That was enough for the judge to switch and to turn the oath around. Another time, Rapap and Rav Adav Masna was sitting before Rav. A document was brought before him. You know, he was the rabbi, he was the judge. He brought for him for collection. I know for a fact that this debt has been paid. Here he's coming to collect again. He's coming to collect the second time. Double, double dipping. He, already, he was already paid. I was there. I saw it. He was already paid. <laughs> Is anyone else? You have another witness who saw that it was paid? No, I don't. Even though you, this the master, you're a great person, and you're testifying that it was paid, one witness is nothing. He has a document, a kosher document, and there's no reason, there's, no, there's nothing to invalidate the document. Witness could make, biblically, can make someone swear. If one witness testifies against you, you can make them swear, but you can't prevent collecting. It is a document. You can't, one witness can't stop the collection. Now, he does require him to, to swear, yes. Rapapa's <coughs> testimony will require the creditor to swear that it wasn't paid.
Once he swears, he'll be able to collect on it. It's, his, it's him, him against him. That's what the Titus says. If one witness testifies against you, you swear, and then, and then you proceed. So he'll swear, and then he'll be able to collect it. That way, he can't stop you from dying. As much as I trust you, that Papa, you're the greatest and the best, but there's nothing I can do. I can't stop this person from collecting an legitimate value once he swears. Why is Rapapa worse off than, the, than your wife, the daughter of Rechizde? Based on your wife's testimony, you switch the biblical, right? You switch the biblical. Biblically, she has to swear and get off and be free from paying. And you switched it. No, the creditor swears and he collects. So why, why do you believe Rapapa? Why do you believe Rapapa? If the, if the judge has discretion, you don't believe Rapapa. So your mother says, the said, made a distinction. Rabchizde's daughter, I know. I know she wouldn't lie. I know her. She's my wife. I, I knew her before, before I married her. The daughter of Rabchizde, a very special woman. I don't know you that well. I can't say 100% you won't lie. One of the greatest rabbis of his generation, but it's not enough. It's not the same. I don't know you personally. In other words, it's your word. No, I, of course, it's a yid that stands in front of me, a kosher yid. I have to believe him. The Torah says, only to the extent. You make him swear, but not, but not that you can't. Here, I know my wife intimately. So therefore, it's as if I know. She knows I know. I, I, as if I know that, I, as a judge, if I know that, that it's false, I have that discretion. Here, it's based on your testimony. It's not that I know you that well, I can say you never lie. So you're telling me, now I know. I don't know. I'm hearing it from you. And I believe you. It's not I don't believe you. It's not that he's telling a lie. But it's not my knowledge. It's not the same like I know. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's one witness. That's all it is. It could be Moshe Rabbeinu himself. I mean, it's, it's one witness. <laughs> it's, it's not me. When the judge himself knows, it's a different story. Now, according to the master that says that if you can say that I know the person, that's a fact, then the judge has to take that into account. If I hear testimony from like my own son, which I know, I know 100%, like you know your wife, I know my son intimately, could understand me. So according to you, I, was, I would tear the document. In other words, if, if it wasn't me, it was the same situation, and my son came in front of me. I was the judge, and my son, who I know intimately, came and told me, listen, it was paid. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me my son knowing it's as if I know, and therefore I have the discretion to tear the document? Mother says, could you tear? What do you mean? A papa says, tear a document? How could, how could you? You can't tear a document. To tear a document, you need you need two kosher witnesses. So there, there is a distinction. There, Rava relied on the daughter of Rav Chizda's wife's testimony. All he did was he transferred the oath. <coughs> it, you, you, you're the, the yes, and if the person swears. If the creditor swears, you're going to extract money, but it's because of the oath. It's not based on one testimony, one witness testimony. Here, no matter how intimately you know this witness, based on ultimately on one witness, you're, you're not collecting, you're tearing up a document. He owes the guy money. You can't base it on one witness. There, it's based on, 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 on an oath. 
We're extracting money based on the oath. The creditor will swear, you do owe me the other 50, and you'll extract it. Here, you're going to tear up a document based on one witness, no matter how intimately you know them. What, the person owes money, basically you're, you're taking money away from him. So there's money on the table that, he, that, that belongs to him. And based on one witness, you're taking it away from him. How, how do you do that? Ella, rather, Papa said, I would downgrade the document. I would downgrade the document. How do you downgrade the document? I wouldn't use it to collect, but I also wouldn't use it. I wouldn't tear it up either. So therefore, you can find a different court. A judge who's not so familiar, who doesn't have his son testify. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the other court will be forced, compelled to collect on, based on this, on this document. So I'm not depriving him of his money based on one testimony. I don't right, have right, that power. Right. I do have the power. I, I'm sorry, I'm not, uh, I'm not collecting. I can't get involved with this. You can't collect. Based on what I know, I can't go back. I, can't, I don't have the power to tear it up, to deprive him of that money, ever. He can go find himself a different court. Continues, I eat the chaybish within the Rabbi Rabbi. There's a woman who also came liable in oath in the court of Rabbi Rabbi. It was a partial admission, or one, one witness testified against her. Amlu Baldavar, the other litigants said to the judges, Let her come and swear in our hometown. <coughs> Not here in court, but let her come back home and swear in her hometown. So they traveled they traveled to the courts of Rabibah. This wasn't their hometown. He was the big judge, the big rabbi, the big court. He said, you know what, let's go back and l- let us swear in our hometown. Why? Because she'll be embarrassed to swear falsely in her own town. Here, she's a stranger. She doesn't care. She'll swear falsely. The judges don't know me. I don't know them. I'll never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I'll go back in town. It's hard to, you know, I have to live with the people. I can't swear falsely. Amrlo, she said to them, Kisfuli Zachvasa, write for me a letter of acquittal. Was you write a letter that I came to court and, and and all I had to do was to swear, I swore and and I was freed from any liability. Give this letter to the agent. Give a give a letter so when I swear in the other town, they will give me that, I, that I'm free. Mm-hmm. Travel to the town, swear, and then have to return and come back. And the court will say, okay, you're free. No, base, you write a letter that's ready to be executed. At the moment I swear in the other town that I, I'm, that I don't owe the other $50, I'm free. I don't have to pay. And I'm, I'm clear. The moment I swear, give it to the agent and let, the, let, let them give it to me after I swear. Rabbi said, yeah, to his agents, yeah, writer, writer, this document, makes sense. That we're basically freeing, if she's going to swear in the other town, the moment she swears, she doesn't have to pay anything. Because you come from short-lived people, therefore you said... Short-lived things or things that are incorrect. Rabbi Baraba was a descendant of Eli, the high priest. 
and members were punished, members of his family were cursed, they're going to die young. Say it means uh, hunchback, <laughs> hunchback people. So you said something that's hunchback, it's incorrect. Why is it incorrect? Because Amr Rabbi, Rabbi said, Hi, Dayoni, a certification of, from the judges, the Mikhtavim and Kami, and the Chabu Sadi Achsimis Yadayu, Psulu. If it was written before the witnesses testify, in other words, the court certifies a document, but they can only certify the document after the witnesses <coughs> testify that the, the uh, signatures are authentic. If the court certifies a document before the witnesses testify, psula, it's invalid. So two of you here, Alma, we see, because why, why is it invalid? At the end, it was, it was certified, because it appears to be like a falsehood. It appears, how could you certify before the witnesses even testified? Maybe, maybe it won't hold up. Mm-hmm. So it appears that the whole thing was invalid. Even if at the end they do certify it, they, they do authenticate the signatures, the, the, uh, the court's uh, certification is invalid. So how could you write a letter now? How could the court write a letter now that she's vindicated before she was vindicated, before she swore? Mm-hmm. Yes, to be given to her later, but still, it, it appears to be a falsehood. But the mother says the lesson, that puppy is wrong. It's not true. And the Rav Nachman, like we see, the teaching of Rav Nachman, the Rav Nachman, used to say, even if a person found the get in the garbage dump, and he signed it and he gave it to his wife, kosher. It's a valid get. Even though it appears to be false, picked up, he picked up a get in the, in the garbage dump. So he changed his mind on the way. What? Change his mind on the way. The question is Lishma. The question is, does Lishma says the, the get has to be written Lishma for her name? Right, but not the, <laughs> the, the signing of the get is Lishma. So he found the get, it had his wife's name, his name, perfect. Mayor and Rachel getting divorced, perfect. His name is Mayor, her name is Rachel, it's a ready made get. Picks it up in the garbage. Right, it's ready. Like he pre-made his Shukama name. Yeah, he made his pre-made. Whatever, no problem. The, but the 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 the, the, the witnesses, they have a mind for, for this for this husband and this wife, and that's all. And that's enough. The rabbis say no. It's not a kosher get. The get itself has to be written. Has to be written for. Oh, the question is. Here, because he found it in the garbage, it's obvious that it, the get was not written for him. The get was not written for this couple. But Amnachman says, according to the mayor, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He can sign the get. It's the signing of the get that, that, that matters. Even though it appears to be like a falsehood, the get was not written for them. It's It's okay. So we see that we don't worry about, about appearances. Besides the issue of Lishma, that we understand is an argument that I made in the rabbis. But besides the issue of Lishma, it just has an appearance. <coughs> you picked it up in the garbage, it wasn't written, it was clearly not written for you, your wife. So the whole thing it doesn't appear right. And Nachman says it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. As long as it was done correctly, the witnesses, it was signed. 
and uh, it was done for, for this specific husband or wife, and that's kosher. That's, we don't care about appearances. So we see at the end of the day, we don't care about appearances. It doesn't matter. The court is writing that she won the court case before she won, before she actually traveled to the other town and swore. And that's fine. And we can handle that document. Even the rabbis who argued that the only arguing in the case of a divorce because they hold they hold it has to be written for her sake, for, for the sake of that husband and that wife. But, but a regular, our document which is a, any other document which is not a get in other words, the only problem they have is because of the Shema. They, don't have, they agree in principle that we're not worried about the, it appears to be deceptive. That's not an issue. Not according to them, not according to the rabbis. Everyone holds it's not an issue. The only argument is, according to them, it's not, they, the reason the rabbis invalidated it is not because it appears to be deceptive. Because they hold it's not kosher. Nothing to do with it appears to be deceptive. It's biblically not kosher. It wasn't written. The Shema wasn't written for, for, for her sake. I will start this if a dead or has a note that he used, he already used it to borrow. And it was paid. He can't borrow using the same note. Then he needs money again. We already have a note. You owe me $100. The names, everything is there. Let's just use the same note. Why we write? He cannot allow it. Why? Why? Because the lien has already been released. So, time, what do we see? The reason is the Nimchoshi Buddha. What's the reason why it's invalid? Only because the lien was already released. When you write a note, it becomes a lien on the borrower's property. And anyone who buys that property after it's been mortgaged for this debt, if you buy it after that date, the creditor can go and take it from you. So, you can't use a document the previous date. The, the lien was already released. It was already paid. So I must write a fresh document, a new document with a new date, a new this, in order to, to establish a loan that, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's mortgageable. Yeah, of course, you can have a loan or a loan. You don't need a note. But if he wants to have a note, he should be able to be able to collect it. The creditor wants, he should be able to collect it. It should be mortgageable. If you don't have any money, I'm going to go collecting it from property. So that, you need a new loan. So the only reason is because... The lien has been forgiven. You're not worried whether it appears to be a falsehood. You borrowed, you didn't borrow, you borrowed, this, this has been already paid, you're using an old document. That we don't worry about. Okay. A person, he was mafked, he deposited seven pearls wrapped in a kerchief. The grandson to the grandson of Shuvah Malavi. I think we saw them. We were in Israel this summer. I think we were. We went there. We saw with the, the whole family of Shuvah Malavi is buried. died suddenly. pocket. He didn't give any instructions about everything that he owns. He didn't have a chance. So the positives came before, the positives and his ears came before the Vami. They said, return to us the pearls. The pearls. Uh, yeah, return to me the pearls that, that I left with your father. Amaluhu, the Vami said to them, 
Chod, the Adana Firstly, I know for a fact that your father, that your father, the grandson of Shmuel Levi, was not rich. So all of a sudden, he has seven pearls. Where did he, Where did that come from? No, I mean, he's he's a Malay. He doesn't have any money. He didn't have a penny to his name. He's walking around. He doesn't have a cent to his name. He barely barely alive and keeping his family alive. All of a sudden, he's rich. He has seven pearls. Come on. And the claimant gave a simon. Exactly how it was wrapped up. And this, uh, the only way to know it is if he, it's his. So therefore, I have to believe him. It's his. And your father was just watching it for him. So please return it to him. He's 100% right. But Ravami qualified. He said, I only said this at only if he never goes into the house. He's not a visitor. He's not a frequent guest in the house. He eats their Shabbos and he's invited. Then it's no proof. He's there. So he saw it. So he's able to identify it. Maybe someone else, yes. The first part of the equation is true. That Rabbi uh, Yasha has no money. So it's surely not his. But how do I know it's yours? <laughs> right, right, right. Just because you identified it, maybe because you're a frequent guest. So you saw it, so you're able to identify it. It's only if you never step foot in the house, the only way you can identify it is if it's actually yours. So that's why we take it away from, them, from his ears and give it to him. A person deposited a silver cup with chaser. Shachiv chaser. Chaser died suddenly. He pocket. He didn't have time to give final instructions. His children, what belongs to who, and who belongs to what belongs to him, and what's, what he's holding. For others, also came the Nachman. They came before the Nachman. The ears and the depositor came before the Nachman. Um, Lord Nachman said to them that the claimant is right. <coughs> Firstly, I know the Chassid can't afford the silver cup. It's not. It's not his style. He doesn't have the money for this. But oh, you have seen In addition, the depositor gave gave marks clearly. So the only way for him to know it if it's actually his. It's only true because in the case where the depositor is not a frequent guest, and not a frequent chasa's house. Same thing. Yes, I know for certain that it doesn't belong to uh, doesn't belong to chasa, but how do I know it belongs to you? If you're a frequent visitor, maybe you just saw it and you're able to identify it. Maybe it belongs to someone else who deposited with him. A third third insight. A person deposited a silk garment. A silk garment with Abdimi, the brother of Rapsaf. Rabdimi died. He didn't have a chance to, to, to instruct his ears. Also, the comment So the depositor and the children of Rabdimi came before Rabab. Amalur Baba said to them again, the claimant is correct. The same thing. I know that he's not he's not wealthy. He couldn't afford the silk garment. He doesn't buy uh, you know these type of uh, these type of clothing. And uh, and the uh, oh, the owner, the pastor, has a sign. I know that he's the owner. Again, only if he's not a frequent visitor. If he's a frequent visitor, yes, I know for certain that it doesn't belong to Ravdimi, but, but someone else deposited it, but how do we know it's you? It's interesting. The first point, why is it important to say that, the, that all these three depositors, uh, all these three uh, holders who were watching it for, for the depositor, 
that they were not people of means, they were poor. What do I care? He gave identifying marks and he's not a frequent visitor. So it must be his. Mm-hmm. No, but if he's wealthy, it doesn't mean anything. Just, maybe it was yours and you sold it to him. <laughs> of course he gave identifying marks. It's yours. Mm-hmm. But you sold it to him. But since he's not capable of buying, it's not in his league, it's out of his league. So then I know you didn't buy it. So I know for certain he's just Watching, he's doing someone a favor, he's watching a film, or he's being paid to watch, or whatever, he's just watching it. It's not his. So I know for certain it's not his. And he can identify it, so I have to return it back to the owner. By the way, Rashi brings that Chasa drowned. He died, he drowned. Why does that? Who cares how he died? So the Chasam Sefer says, he is telling us that even though a person drowns, you, don't, you can't allow, allow, allow the wife remarry <clears throat> initially you don't allow a wife to marry based on that because there was no no one saw him die you just saw him underwater but you know might have, might have come up somewhere so the question is how could you give away his possession maybe he's alive he'll come and if he'll swear if he claims if he would swear and say it's mine if he says certainty it's mine what are you talking about whatever then then he gets to keep it so he says you don't have to worry about that but since he doesn't have any money, so if we say, sure, it's not his. Even if he'll come, he'll never say that. Because we know it's not, it's very strange. How could it be his? He doesn't. <laughs> person says, before he dies, he says to the people around him, my property, I'm giving to Tuvi. He didn't say which Tuvi. A lot of Tuvi is in town. Shaka, he died. Also, Tuvia, a person called Tuvia comes. He says, okay, it's mine. He said it belongs to Tuvia. I heard the good news. Rabbi Echna, Rabbi Echna says, and he bought Tuvia. Yeah, Tuvia came. We have no reason to, not to give him. He said he's giving it to Tuvia. Here is a person called Tuvia. Even if there's other people called Tuvia, you don't have to wait for them to come. Whoever comes, he says, and he's Tuvia, we give it to him. But Amma Tuvia, the dying person says, it should go to Tevia, not to. He says, it should go to Tevia, Vasara, Vasara, Rav Tevia. If he says, it should go to Tuvia. And instead, it came to Rav Tuvia. He can take it. The Tuvia Amar. No, he can't take it. Because the Tuvia Amar. He said he's giving it to Tuvia. He's giving it to Tuvia, not to Rabbi Tuvia. He's giving it to Tuvia, not to Rabbi. Two different people. Being as the Gazbay, but if he's someone who he's very familiar with and he feels comfortable calling the rabbi by his first name, a Gazbay, then you can say that he did, that he, that he, he didn't mean to, Rabbi Tuvia. He said Tuvia because he's friendly with him, he's, he's, he's casual with him. What if Asr Shnei Tuvia, two Tuvias come? Who do you give it to? Which Tuvia do you give it to? If one is a neighbor, the other one is a Torah scholar, okay, then give it to the, to the Torah scholar. But if one of them is a relative and the Torah scholar, surely he meant to give it to the Torah scholar. If the other Tuvia was his relative, but he didn't say Tuvia, my relative, he said Tuvia. So surely he wanted to give it to the Torah scholar. How about if one of them is a, is a relative and one of them is a neighbor? Shlema Melo says in Proverbs, 
better a good neighbor than a distant brother. So surely he meant to give it to the neighbor. Shneim Kroivim, Shneim Shchenim, Shneim Tchamev. You have two Tuvias. They're both relatives. They're both neighbors. They're both Torah scholars. Should the Dainia. Let the judges figure it out. It's up to the judges to decide, figure out what, who, which one he meant to give. It's more friendly, so we just have to evaluate and come, come to a decision. Let me tell you something that your father, Rukhiya, said. Excellent things that your father, your father used to say. Hold on, Shmuel. That Shmuel said, if his creditor sells his loan documents to his fellow, he transfers the documents to his friend, he sells them. You, you, it's your loan now. It's you, you can go collect it. Afterward, he forgives the debt to the debtor. It's still in his power to forgive. Ultimately, the debtor owes the creditor. The creditor is selling his rights to, 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 to the person who's buying it from him. He can go collect, but it's still his debt. So he has the power. If he forgives, there is no longer any debt. He erases the debt. He, sell, he only sells... The, the, the right to collect, the lien over the properties. But the bottom line is, he owes him the money. The lien is only the result because, because I lend you money. And therefore you owe me and you have to pay back with everything that you have. That personal connection that I'm the one who lent it to you, no, that you can't sell. See, I'm still the principal. And therefore he has a right to forgive. And if he forgives, then there's no lien anymore. There's nothing, there's no reason, there's nothing to collect. He says, Even the sellers, even after the seller itself dies, the ear could forgive his debt. Because he's now in the place of his father. So any power his father had, he inherits and he can, he can, uh, he can forgive it. So Shmuel, the father said that even Shmuel would agree would concede a woman who brought in a loan to her husband in the marriage she brought into some documents people owe her money into the marriage and then she goes ahead and forgives the loan in that case the loan does not forgive why? because the husband's hand is equal to her hand Four, they're both like one. So, so the husband and the wife, she has the principle, but he has all the fruits. So she's not up to, she can't forgive it, and he can't forgive it. Because they're both like a partner. He has, she has the principle, she has, he has all the benefit of the, uh, of the payers, of the, all the uh, income, comes from it. So therefore, she can't forgive, right. Only together, together they can forgive. But he, she alone doesn't have the power to forgive. The mother says, Kareb said that Abnachman, a relative of Abnachman, Zavin she sold the Ksuva for a small amount. Tevasanah means you can't sell it for the full value of the Ksuva. At a discount. At a discount, a huge discount, because maybe the Ksuva will never, will never be collected. She dies first. It's only if he divorces her. What are the chances? If he dies first, again, it's a 50 50 chance. You know, they say, you know why the women die before the husbands, the wives die before the husbands. Because they want to. <laughs> Very risky. It's a risky. Okay, so she saw. Yeah, she was divorced and then died. And she left behind a daughter. Since she's divorced, the husband had to pay. 
but not to her because they had to pay to those pay to the one who uh, who bought it. But then she dies, and the wife and the daughter inherits all of her rights. Also, so the one who bought the ksuva came and demanded the ksuva from a daughter. I bought the ksuva from a daughter. Any money that you came in from the ksuva from your father, your mother's husband, I, I you have to you have to pay me. You have to give it to me. I bought it to her. Why aren't they going to the father directly? Because they thought that she already collected it. They thought she already collected it, so he says, "Okay, now you have to yeah, you have to give it to me. Otherwise, it will go straight to the to the father. Pay me. I have the ksuva. You have to pay me. I bought the rights to the ksuva." Nachman said, "Don't forget, he was a relative. He was a relative. The daughter's relative." He said to them, "Leka the lisbelates is it no one who can give her the following advice? He couldn't say anything because he's, he can't judge this case because he's a relative. He's a close one." We continue in eighty six eight. Someone should give her this advice. Let her go and forgive her father the debt that the father owes the mother, the And she will inherit the money from him. It's her father. So she can forgive the debt. I forgive you. I'm in the place of my mother now. You owe me, I forgive you. So you don't owe me anything. So keep the money. When you'll die, I'll collect the money. I'll push her over. Be- better than now he taking the money. I'll never get it. The daughter heard of Nachman's suggestion. She went there. He couldn't. He couldn't get involved because it's his daughter, his relative. He said out loud, "There's no one who can give her this advice." It's exactly what she did because she has the power. Even though she sold it, and you sell a document, you're only selling the lien. You don't have the power to cancel the document. Is between the the responsibilities between the creditor and the debtor, between the husband and the wife. He owes her. So she and now the daughter inherited that right. She forgives. She forgives her because he thought she collected. She never collected. He never. She never took the money. If she had taken the money, then she, he would be able to take it. She never took the money. It was still with the father. So she forgave him. So when he came to collect, I'm sorry. It's all you. Now who's who is he going to collect? Who is he going to collect the sale? He can't collect because she died already. The one who sold her the document, the ksuva, is dead. So he's left with nothing. The father keeps all the money. And eventually, when he dies, the daughter will inherit it. Maybe she was the only daughter. Anyway, everyone have a wonderful day. Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're in the ninth chapter of Ksuvah, Sakais of Ishtay, page 85a, the tenth line from the top. So he owed money. A certain resident uh, to a certain uh, resident of Chizoy. Shadrinu biyadcham bereidarabavaravu. So he sent the money to pay pay up his debt. He sent it. His messenger was Chama, the son of Rabba Baravu. Also, so Chama went and paid. Amalohu. So they said to, he said to them, give me back the document. He gave him the money. Avimi is paying up his debt. So now return the document. Amrulay said to him, those funds were the payment of a different obligation. This note was not paid. <laughs> you know, the Hasal Kamada Ravu. So he came before he came before Rabavu. 
the rabbi, Amalei, who said to him, Islo Sadid Palestino, do you have witnesses that you paid them? Did you pay them in front of witnesses? Amalei, no. I just paid them, I trusted them. They're right, since they have a big, they can deny, they said that we never saw you, we don't know what you're talking about, you never paid us. If they're lying, they can say they never paid you. Instead, what are they saying? They're arguing that you did pay us, but this is for a different, a different law. So we, we believe them, because they have a big him to his face that, 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 that it's for a different law. But if they come to the court, if they're lying, they can just tell the court, we don't know this guy. We never, if they're liars, we'll let them lie. There's no witnesses. Can't prove anything. They say, we don't know this guy. We never, he never gave us any money. We never got any money. And instead, instead, they're saying, yes, we did receive money, but it's for a different loan. So therefore, they believe. What's the law regarding an agent? Whether they, they, who has to pay? The agent has to pay? In other words, was he negligent? Because he should have taken the document before he gave the money. Totally foolish, reckless, irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You're a responsible, mature adult. I made you an agent to help me, not to destroy me. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you pay them without any witnesses. You just trusted them. You never asked him to hand over the document, and now I have to pay again? Maybe it's your fault. You should, you should pay. So Rabashi, Rabashi says, Chazina. Chazina. Let's look at the, at this, at the circumstances. Let's, if he said, Khalil, if, if the, uh, the principal, the debtor, told the agent, Khalil, if Avimi told him clearly, take the document and then Mishalim. Then fine. Then he has to pay because he, he didn't listen to instructions. He said, he told him clearly, clear instructions. First take the document and then pay. But if he said, If he says, here, give him the money and then take the document, it means he trusted him. He try, he's telling the agent, I trust him. These are my friends. I, you know, they would never do anything. So then, why does he have to pay? I, I mean, that's what you told me. That was clear instructions. You told me pay, and then take your document. That's why I didn't even, if you trusted them that much, I didn't have any witnesses, I went to private, I gave them the money. That's what Rabashi says. The mother says, it's not so. Either way, he has to pay. Even if he told them, pay, and then take your document, he has to pay. Why? The agent has to pay. I send you to help me and not, and not, and not to ruin me. In other words, you should have understood yourself. You're a mature adult. By definition, a shliach is not a robot. You have a mind of your own. You can't be a minor, can't be a shliach. Mm-hmm. You need someone who's independent. Yes, you're representing me and you have to follow my instructions, but you have to have a mind of your own. So what fool doesn't understand? <laughs> you don't give sure. money to a person without, and he's holding on the document and there's no witnesses. I mean... Are you, are you, would you act with your money that way? I mean, it's, it's silly, it's ridiculous. So you should have, you have to have a mind of your own. You should realize you don't do that. Even though I said that, I didn't mean specifically in that order. I meant make sure to pay him and, and make sure to get the document back, whatever it takes to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. How do you accomplish that? First you get the document and then you pay. 
So therefore, it's his responsibility, and he has to pay. He has to pay. The, the agent has to pay the loan. He's got to marry the right person also. There's a big responsibility. A big responsibility. It was a woman. She had a whole pouch full of documents. People asked her to watch the documents. Then the owner of the documents died. Also, so the, the depositors, the ears of the one who died, the depositor came and demanded, give, give us back my, our father's document, very important document. Mm-hmm. She said to them, I already seized the documents during your father's lifetime. Because he owed me money. So I took possession of the documents, now they belong to me. So anyone who owes your father's money now owes it to me. They came before Rav Nachman. Now, what do you mean? How do you seize a document? You can't just seize a document and all of a sudden the documents become yours and, and, and the person owes you money. In other words, she can't, she can't use the document. She can't exercise. The document wasn't written to her. It was a, a documents that the, 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 uh, someone owed that person money and you're watching it for him. You can seize it from today till tomorrow. You can't use it to collect money. It's not written to you. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not the creditor. Why should I pay you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can seize, she seized the documents to force the children, right. the inheritors, to pay the loan. I'm not giving you back the documents and holding it as ransom. I'm not holding, giving you back your documents until you're going to pay me your father's debt. Your father didn't pay me his debt. So I'm holding it as ransom. It's the only leverage I have. So you could have, but you need, need a Kenyan. You need a Kenyan. Okay, okay. You need a star. You need something. You can't just grab it and seize it. doesn't matter. Yeah, you need a Kenyan that I'm transferring over my documents to this one. Fine. You know. <coughs> They came before Rab Nachman, the judge. He said to her, Do you have any witnesses that the father demanded the pouch and he didn't give it to him? No. So he says, If that's the case, if that's the case, you seized it after his death. The moment the father died, the children automatically inherited. So it's theirs. So you have no claim on the children. The father's debt, that's between you and the father. What do you want from the children? This debt, this document, this belongs to the children. They inherited it, so you must return it. It only applied in the time of the Talmud that uh, you, know, you can't collect from movable items from the children. The creditor doesn't rely on movable items. It's too flimsy. He relies on real estate, you know, right? fixed, fixed properties. But today, after the, after the Talmud, they made an enactment that uh, you can collect anything. If Jews didn't own property, so you collect anything, therefore it doesn't even apply. The children are obligated to pay the debt to the father. It was a woman who was, who was uh, she became liable to an oath in Rav's court. Why either was she, she admitted, you know, a partial admission, the title says you have to swear, or there was a single witness against her. Anyway, she, was, she, had, to, she had to give a biblical oath in court. Amrle Bas Rabchizda's daughter, was Rav's wife, said to him, I know this woman, 
She says she's suspect. She doesn't take, she, she, she can swear an oath falsely without blinking an eye. She's not trust, trustworthy. Unless she once heard her swearing and they swearing falsely. So she, so she said she's not uh, trustworthy. she was reversed the oath and put it on the other person. Another one. Instead of her denying that she doesn't owe, so she admits, he, he says you owe me 100. She says I owe you 50. Biblically, she has to swear she doesn't owe the other 50. Instead of her swearing she doesn't owe the other 50, she had the court switch the oath that the creditor uh, swears that you do owe me 50 and she has to pay. Usually, you need two witnesses to testify that a person's character, a person takes oaths in vain. But here, Rav trusted his wife, mm-hmm. the daughter of Rav Chizda. It was enough for him. He didn't need anything more. You know, she's not speaking Lush and Harder. She's not trying to slander. He heard her herself. She, she, took a, she swore falsely. So he trusted him. That was enough for the judge to switch and to turn the oath around. Another time, Rav Pop and Rav Adavamasna was sitting before Rav. A document was brought before him. You know, he was the rabbi, he was the judge. He brought for him for collection. I know for a fact that this debt has been paid. Here he's coming to collect again. He's coming to collect the second time. Double, double dipping. He was already paid. I was there, I saw it. He was already paid. Is anyone else? You have another witness who saw that it was paid? I don't. Even though you, this is the master, you're a great person, and you're testifying that it was paid, one witness is nothing. He has a document, a kosher document, and there's no reason, there's, no, there's nothing to invalidate the document. Witness could make, biblically, can make someone swear. If one witness testifies against you, you can make him swear, but you can't prevent collecting. There's a document. You can't, one witness can't stop the collection. Now, he does require him to, to swear, yes. Rapapa's <coughs> testimony will require the creditor to swear that it wasn't paid. Once he swears, he'll be able to collect on it. It's, it's him, him against him. That's what the Titus says. If one witness testifies against you, you swear, and then, and then you proceed. So he'll swear, and then he'll be able to collect it. You can't stop you from that. As much as I trust you, that Papa, you're the greatest and the best, but there's nothing I can do. I can't stop this person from collecting an legitimate value once he swears. Why is Rapapa worse off than the, than your wife, the daughter of Rechizda? Based on your wife's testimony, you switch the biblical, right? You switch the biblical, biblically, she has to swear and get off and be free from paying. And you switched it, no, the creditor swears and he collects. Why do you believe it, right? Why don't you believe Rapapa? If the, if the judge has discretion, you don't believe Rapapa? So your mother says, said, made a distinction. Rabchizda's daughter, I know. I know she wouldn't lie. I know her. She's my wife. I, I knew her before, before I married her. The daughter of Rabchizda, a very special woman. I don't know you that well. I can't say 100% you won't lie. One of the greatest rabbis of his generation, but it's not enough. It's not the same.
I don't know you personally. In other words, it's your word. No, I, of course, it's a yid that stands in front of me, a kosher yid. I have to believe him. The Torah says only to the extent you make him swear, but not, but not that he can't care. Here, I know my wife intimately, so therefore it's as if I know. She knows I know. I, I, as if I know that, I, as a judge, if I know that, that it's mm-hmm. false, I have that discretion. Here, it's based on your testimony. It's not that I know you that well, I can say you never lie. So you're telling me, now I know. I don't know. I'm hearing it from you. And I believe you. It's not I don't believe you. It's not that he's telling a lie. But it's not my knowledge. It's not the same like I know. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's one witness. That's all it is. It could be Moshe Rabbeinu himself. I mean, it's, it's one witness. <laughs> it's, it's not me. When the judge himself knows, it's a different story. Now, according to the master that says that if you can say that I know the person, that's a fact, and the judge has to take that into account. If I hear testimony from like my own son, which I know, I know 100%, like you know your wife, I know my son intimately, could understand up with me. So according to you, I, was, I would tear the document. No, but if, if it wasn't me, it was the same situation, and my son came in front of me. I was the judge, and my son, who I know intimately, came and told me, listen, it was paid. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, my son knowing, it's as if I know, and therefore I have the discretion to tear the document? What do you mean? A papa says, tear a document? How could, how could you? You can't tear a document. To tear a document, you need, you need two kosher witnesses. So there, there is a distinction. There, Rava relied on the daughter of Rav Chizda's wife's testimony. All he did was he transferred the oath. <coughs> it, you, you, you're the, the, yes, and if the person swears, if the creditor swears, you're going to extract money, but it's because of the oath. It's not based on one testimony, one witness testimony. Here, no matter how intimately you know this witness, based on ultimately on one witness, you're, you're not collecting, you're tearing up a document. He owes the guy money. You can't base it on one witness. There, it's based on, 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 on an oath. We're extracting money based on the oath. The creditor will swear, you do owe me the other 50, and you'll extract it. Here... You're going to tear up a document based on one witness, no matter how intimately you know them? <clears throat> what, the person owes money, you basically you're, you're taking money away from him. So there's money on the table that, he, that, that belongs to him, and based on one witness, you're taking it away from him. How, how do you do that? Ella rather, Papa said, I would downgrade a document. I would downgrade the document. How do you downgrade a document? I wouldn't use it to collect, but I also wouldn't use it. I wouldn't tear it up either. So therefore, he can find a different court. A judge who's not so familiar, who doesn't have his son testify. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the other court will be forced, compelled to collect based on on this document. So I'm not depriving him of his money based on one testimony. I don't have that power. I do have the power. I'm sorry, I'm not... uh, I'm not collecting. I can't get involved with this. You can't collect it. Based on what I know, I can't go back. I, can't, I don't have the power to tear it up, to deprive him of that money, ever. He can go find himself a different court.
continues. I eat the chayvus who bedin the rabbi. It was a woman who also came liable in oath. In the court of rabbi, it was a partial admission or one one witness testified against her. Amlo Baldavar, the other litigants said to the judges, let her come and swear in our hometown. <coughs> Not here in court, but let her come back home and swear in her hometown. They traveled, they traveled to the court of Rabibah. This wasn't their hometown. He was the big judge, the big rabbi, the big court. He said, you know what, let's go back and let us swear in our hometown. Why? Because after the mitzvah might She'll be embarrassed to swear falsely in her own town. Here, she's a stranger. She doesn't care. She'll swear falsely. The judges don't know me. I don't know them. I'll never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I'll go back in town. It's hard to, you know, I have to live with the people. I can't swear falsely. Amrlo, she said to them, Kisvuli, Zachvasa, write for me a letter of acquittal. Was you write a letter that I came to court and, and, and all I had to do was to swear, I swore, and, and I was freed from any liability. Give this letter to the agent. Give a, give a letter. So when I swear in the other town, they will give me that, I, that I'm free. Travel to the town, swear, and then have to return and come back, and the court will say, okay, you're free. No, base. you write a letter that ready to be executed that the moment I swear in the other town that I, I'm, that I don't owe the other $50, I'm free, I don't have to pay, and I'm, I'm clear. The moment I swear, give it to the agent and let, the, let, let them give it to me after I swear. I said, yeah, to his agents, yeah, write her, write her this document, it makes sense. That we're basically freeing her. If she's going to swear in the other town, the moment she swears, she doesn't have to pay anything. Because you come from short-lived people, therefore you said short-lived things are things that are incorrect. Rabbi Barabaya was a descendant of Eli, the high priest. And members were punished. Members of his family were cursed. They're going to die young. Say it means uh, hunchback. <laughs> hunchback people. So you said something that's hunchback. It's incorrect. Why is it incorrect? Because Amr Rabbi Rabbi said, Hi, Asher Dayoni. A certification of, from the judges... If it was written before the witnesses testify, in other words, the court certifies the document, but they can only certify the document after the witnesses testify that the, the uh, signatures are authentic. If the court certifies the document before the witnesses testify, it's invalid. So two of you here, we see because why why is it invalid at the end it was it was certified because it appears to be like a falsehood it appears how could you certify before the witnesses even testified maybe maybe it won't hold up mm-hmm. so it appears that the whole thing was invalid even if at the end they do certify it they, they do authenticate the signatures the the, the court's uh, certification is invalid so 
How could you write a letter now? How could the court write a letter now that she's vindicated before she was vindicated, before she swore? Mm -hmm. Yes, to be given to her later, but still, it, it appears to be a falsehood. But the Gemara says, well, lesson, that puppy is wrong. It's not true. And Rav Nachman, like we see, the teaching of Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, used to say, even if a person found the get in the garbage dump, and he signed it and he gave it to his wife, kosher. It's a valid get. Even though it appears to be false. He picked up, he picked up a get in the, in the garbage dump. He changed his mind on the way. What? He changed his mind on the way. The question is, l'shma. The question is, does l'shma says the, the get has to be written l'shma for her name. Right, but not the, <laughs> the signing of the get is l'shma. So he found the get. It had his wife's name, his name, perfect. Mayer and Rachel getting divorced, perfect. His name is Mayer, her name is Rachel. It's a ready-made get. Right. Picks it up from the garbage, right. it's but ready. Like he pre-made his common name. Yeah, he made his pre-made, whatever. No problem. The, but the 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 the, the, the witnesses, they have a mind for, for this for this husband and this wife, and that's all. And that's enough. The rabbis say no. It's not a kosher get. The get itself has to be written. Has to be written for. Oh, the question is, here because he found it in the garbage, it's obvious that it, the get was not written for him. The get was not written for this couple. But Am Nachman says, according to the mayor, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He can sign the get. It's the signing of the get that, that matters, even though it appears to be like a falsehood. The get was not written for them. It's, it's okay. Kosher. So we see that we don't worry about, about appearances. Besides the issue of Lishma, that we understand is an argument that I made in the rabbis, but besides the issue of Lishma, it just has an appearance. <coughs> you picked it up in the garbage, it wasn't written, it was clearly not written for you, your wife. So the whole thing doesn't appear right. And Nachman says it doesn't matter, but I made it doesn't matter. As long as it was done correctly, the witnesses, it was signed and uh, it was done for, for this specific husband and wife and that's kosher. We don't care about appearances. So we see at the end of the day, we don't care about appearances. So it doesn't matter. The court is writing that she won the court case before she won, before she actually traveled to the other town and swore. And that's fine. And we can handle that document. Even the rabbis who argued with Rabbeinu, the only arguing in the case of a divorce, because they hold, they hold, it has to be written for her sake, for, for the sake of that husband and that wife. But, but a regular, our, our document, which is a, any other document, which is not a get. In other words, the only problem they have is because of the shmah. They, don't have, they agree in principle that we're not worried about the, it appears to be deceptive. That's not an issue. Not according to the, not according to the rabbis. Everyone holds it's not an issue. The only argument is, according to them, it's not they, the reason the rabbis invalidated is not because it appears to be deceptive. Because they hold it's not kosher. Nothing to do with it appears to be deceptive. It's biblically not kosher. It wasn't written. Lishma wasn't written for, for, for her sake. Dead or has a note that he used. He already used it. To borrow, and it was paid. 
He can't borrow using the same note. Then he needs money again. We already have a note. You owe me $100. The names, everything is there. Let's just use the same note. Why we write? He cannot allow the Why? Because the lien has already been released. So time, what do we see? The reason is the Nimchul Shibud. What's the reason why it's invalid? Only because the lien was already released. When you write a note, it becomes a lien on the borrower's property. And anyone who buys that property after it's been mortgaged for this debt, if you buy it after that date, the creditor can go and take it from you. So you can't use a document the previous date. The, the lien was already released. It was already paid. So I must write a fresh document, a new document with a new date, a new this, in order to, to establish a loan that, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's mortgageable. Yeah, of course, you can have a loan or a loan. You don't need a note. But if he wants to have a note, he should be able to be able to collect it. The creditor wants, he's be able to collect it, it's remortgageable. If you don't have any money, I'm going to go collecting it from property. So that you need a new loan. So the only reason is because the lien has been forgiven. You're not worried whether it appears to be a falsehood. You borrowed, you didn't borrow, you borrowed, this, this has been already paid, you're using an old document. That we don't worry about. Okay. A person, he was mafked, he deposited seven pearls wrapped in a kerchief. The grandson to the grandson of Shur Malevi. I think we saw them, we were in Israel this summer. I think we, were, we went there, we saw with the, the whole family of Shur Malevi is buried. died suddenly. He didn't give any instructions about everything that he owns. He didn't have a chance. Also, the Kamdar of Ami. So the depositors came before. The depositors and his ears came before the Vami. They said, they returned to us the pearls. The pearls. Uh, yeah, return to me the pearls that I left with your father. Amaluhu, the Vami said to them. Firstly, I know for a fact that your father, that your father the grandson of Shumalevi, was not rich. So all of a sudden he has seven pearls. Where, where, did, he, where did that come from? No, I mean, he, he's, he's a Malah, he's, he doesn't have any money, he doesn't have a penny to his name. He's walking around, he doesn't have a cent to his name. He's barely, barely alive and keeping his family alive. All of a sudden he's rich, he has seven pearls. Come on. And the claimant gave a simon, exactly how it was wrapped up. And this, uh, the only way to know it is if he, it's his. So therefore, I have to believe him. It's his. And your father was just watching it for him. So please return it to him. He's 100% right. But Ravami qualified. He said, I only said this at only if he never goes into the house. He's not a visitor. He's not a frequent guest in the house. He eats their Shabbos and he's invited. Then it's no proof. He's there. So he saw it. So he's able to identify it. Maybe someone else. Yes. The first part of the equation is true. That Rabbi uh, has no money. So it's surely not his. But how do I know it's yours? <laughs> right, right, right. Just because you identified it, maybe because you're a frequent guest. So you saw it. So you're able to identify it. It's only if you never step foot in the house. The only way you can identify it is if it's actually yours. So 
That's why we take it away from, them, from his ears and give it to Who gathered after the the person deposited a silver cup with Chasa. Shachiv Chasa. Chasa died suddenly. He pocket. He didn't have time to give final instructions to his children what belongs to who and who belongs to what belongs to him and what's, what he's holding. For others, also come to Nachman, they came before Nachman, the ears and the depositor came before Nachman. Amalur Nachman said to them that the claimant is right. <coughs> Firstly, I know the Chassid can't afford the silver cup. It's not, it's not his style, he doesn't have the money for this. But oh, in addition, the depositor gave, gave marks clearly. So the only way for him to know it if it's actually his. It's only true because in a case where the depositor is not a frequent guest, they're not a frequent chasa's house. Same thing. Yes, I know for certain that it doesn't belong to uh, doesn't belong to chasa, but how do I know it belongs to you? If you're a frequent visitor, maybe you just saw it and you're able to identify it. Maybe it belongs to someone else who deposited with him. A third, a third A person deposited a silk garment. Metaxa, silk garment with Abdimi, the brother of Rapsaf. Shachur Abdimi, Abdimi died. He didn't have a chance to, to, to instruct his ears. Also, the comment of Abba. So the depositor and the children of Abdimi came before Abba. Amalur Abba said to them again, the claimant is correct. The same thing. I know that he's not, he's not wealthy. He couldn't afford the silk garment. He doesn't buy. Uh, you know these type of uh, these type of clothing, and uh, and the uh, oh, the owner of the pastor has a sign. So I know that he's the owner. Again, only if he's not a frequent visitor. If he's a frequent visitor, yes, I know for certain that it doesn't belong to Ravdimi, but but someone else deposited him. But how do we know it's you? It's interesting. The first point, why is it important to say that, that, that all these three depositors, uh, all these three uh, holders who were watching it for, for the depositor, that they were not people of means, they were poor. What do I care? He gave identifying marks and he's not a frequent visitor, so it must be his. Mm-hmm. No, but if he's wealthy, it doesn't mean anything. Just, maybe it was yours and you sold it to him. <laughs> of course he gave identifying marks, it's yours. But you sold it to him. But since he's not capable of buying, it's not in his league, it's out of his league, so then I know he didn't buy it. So I know for certain he's just watching, he's doing someone a favor, he's watching a film, or he's being paid to watch, or whatever, he's just watching it. It's not his. So I know for certain it's not his. And he can identify it, so I have to return it back to the owner. By the way, Rashi brings that Chasra drowned, he died and drowned. Why does that, who cares how he died? So the Chassam Sefer says, the Gemara is telling us that even though a person drowns, you, don't, you can't allow, allow, allow the wife to remarry. <coughs> Initially, you don't allow a wife to marry based on that, because there was no, no one saw him die, you just saw him underwater, but you know, might have come, come up somewhere. So the question is, how could you give away his possession? Maybe he's alive, he'll come, and if he'll swear, if he claims, if he would swear and say, it's mine, if he says certainty, it's mine, what are you talking about? Whatever. Then, then he gets to keep it. So he says, you don't have to worry about that. 
But since he doesn't have any money, so if we say, sure, it's not his. Even if he'll come, we'll never say that, because we know it's not, it's very strange. How could it be his? He doesn't. person says, before he dies, he says to the people around him, my property, I'm giving to Tuvia. He didn't say which Tuvia. A lot of Tuvias in town. Shocker. He died. Also Tuvia. A person called Tuvia comes. He says, okay, it's mine. He said it belongs to Tuvia. I heard the good news. Rabbi Echna says, I bought Tuvia. Yeah, Tuvia came. We have no reason to, not to give him. He said he's giving it to Tuvia. Here is a person called Tuvia. Even if there's other people called Tuvia, you don't have to wait for them to come. Whoever comes, he says, and he's Tuvia, we give it to him. But Amma Tuvia, the dying person says, it should go to Tuvia, not Tuvia. He says, it should go to Tuvia, Vasara, Vasara, Rav Tuvia. If he says, it should go to Tuvia. And instead, it came to Rav Tuvia. He can take it. Latuvia Amar. No, he can't take it. Because Latuvia Amar. He said he's giving it to Tuvia. He's giving it to Tuvia, not to Rabbi Tuvia. He's giving it to Tuvia, not to Rabbi. Two different people. Being as the Gazbe, but if he's someone who he's very familiar with and he feels comfortable calling the Rabbi by his first name, a Gazbe, then you can say that he did, that he, that he, he didn't mean to, Rabbi Tuvia. He said Tuvia because he's friendly with him, he's, he's, he's casual with him. What if Asr Shnei Tuvia, two Tuvias come, who do you give it to? Which Tuvia do you give it to? So Shachim with Talmud Chacham, if one is a neighbor, the other one is a Torah scholar, Talmud Chacham, okay, then give it to the, to the Torah scholar. Kharri with Talmud Chacham, but if one of them is a relative, and the Torah scholar, Talmud Chacham, okay, then surely he meant to give it to the Torah scholar. If the other Tuvia was his relative. But he, should, he didn't say Tuvia, my relative. He said Tuvia. So surely he wanted to give it to the Torah scholar. How about if one of them is a, is a relative and one of them is a neighbor? Shlema Melo says in Proverbs, better a good neighbor than a distant brother. So surely he meant to give it to the neighbor. If you have two Tuvias, they're both relatives, they're both neighbors, they're both Torah scholars, let the judges figure it out. It's up to the judges to decide, figure out what, who, which one he meant to give. It's more friendly, so we just have to evaluate and come, come to a decision. Abu, let me tell you something that your father, Rukhia, said. Excellent things that your father, your father used to say. Hold on, Shmuel. That that Shmuel said, if his creditor sells his loan documents to his fellow, he transfers the documents. Is when he sells them. You, you, it's your loan now. It's you, you can go collect it. The Chazer and afterward he forgives the debt to the debtor. Machol. It's, it's still in his power to forgive. Ultimately, the debtor owes the creditor. The creditor is selling his rights to, 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 to the person who's buying it from him. He can go collect, but it's still his debt. So he has the power. If he forgives, there is no longer any debt. He erases the debt. He, sell, he only sells the, the, the rights to collect, the lien over the properties. 
But the bottom line is, he owes him the money. The lien is only the result because, because I lend you money. And therefore, you owe me and you have to pay back with everything that you have. That personal connection that I'm the one who lent it to you, no, that you can't sell. So yeah, I'm still the principal. And therefore, he has a right to forgive. And if he forgives, then there's no lien anymore. There's nothing, there's no reason, there's nothing to collect. He says, Even the sellers, even after the seller itself dies, the ear could forgive his debt. Because he's now in the place of his father. So any power his father had, he inherits and he can, he can, uh, he can forgive it. So Maida Shmuel, so your father said that even Shmuel would agree, would concede. A woman who brought in a loan to her husband in the marriage, she brought into some documents, people owe her money into the marriage. As we look, and then she goes ahead and forgives the loan. In that case, the loan does not forgive. Why? Because the husband's hand is equal to her hand. Four, they're both like one. So, so the husband and the wife, she has the principle, but he has all the fruits. So she's not up to, she can't forgive it, and he can't forgive it. Because they're both like a partner. He has, she has the principle, she has, he has all the benefit of the... Uh, of the payers, of the all the uh, income comes from it, so therefore she can't forgive. Right, only together, together they can forgive. But he, she alone doesn't have the power to forgive. The mother says, "Kareb said that Nachman, a relative of Nachman, zevin She sold the ksuba for a small amount. Tevisanot means you can't sell it for the full value of the ksuba. At a discount, a huge discount, because maybe the ksuba will never, will never be collected. She dies first. So it's only if he divorces her. What are the chances? If he dies first, again, it's a 50-50 chance. You know, they say, you know why the women die before the husband. The wives die before the husband. Because they want to. <laughs> Very risky. It's a risky... Okay, so she saw... She was divorced and then died. And she left behind the daughter. Since she's divorced, the husband had to pay... But not to her, because he had to pay to the, pay to the one who, uh, who bought it. But then she dies, and the wife and the daughter inherits all of her rights. Also, So the one who bought the ksuva came and demanded the ksuva from a daughter. I bought the ksuva from a daughter. Any money that you came in from the ksuva, from your father... Your mother's husband, I, I, you, have to, you have to pay me, you have to give it to me. I bought it to her. Why aren't they going to the father directly? Because they thought that she already collected it. They thought she already collected it. So he says, okay, now you have to, yeah, you have to give it to me. Otherwise, it will go straight to the, to the father. Pay me. I have the ksuba. You have to pay me. I bought the rights of the ksuba. Nachman, Nachman said, don't forget, he was a relative. He was a relative. The daughter's relative. He said to them, Leka, the Lisbalates, is there no one who can give her the following advice? He couldn't say anything because he's, he can't judge this case because he's a relative, he's a close one. We continue in 86.8. Someone should give her this advice. Let her go and forgive her father the debt that the father owes the mother, the And she will inherit the money from him. It's her father. So she can forgive the, the debt. I forgive you. I'm in the place of my mother now. You owe me, I forgive you. So you don't owe me anything. 
So keep the money. When you'll die, I'll collect the money. I'll push it over. Be- better than now he taking the money. I'll never get it. Shammah's lachil, the daughter heard of Nachman's suggestion, she went there. He couldn't, he couldn't get involved because it's his daughter, it's his relative. He said out loud, there's no one who can give her this advice. It's exactly what she did. Because she has the power, even though she sold it, and you sell a document, you're only selling the lien. You don't have the power to cancel. The document is between the, the responsibilities between the creditor and the debtor, between the husband and the wife. He owes her. So she, and now the daughter inherited that right, she forgives, she forgives her because he thought she collected. She never collected. He never, she never took the money. If she had taken the money, then she, he would be able to take it. She never took the money. It was still with the father. So she forgave him. So when he came to collect, I'm sorry, it's all forgiven. Now, who is he going to collect the sale? He can't collect because she died already. The one who sold her the document, the ksuva, is dead. So he's left with nothing. The father keeps all the money. And eventually, when he dies, the daughter will inherit it. Yeah, maybe she was the only daughter. Anyway, everyone have a wonderful day. To be